Hello, welcome back to the Brotherhood podcast, episode somewhere between five and ten. <laughs> oh yeah. I think I said that in Jess's one, so I need yeah, to come up with a new start, but I'm definitely not going with good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, saying? or whatever you said last time. <laughs> yeah, definitely not you, We need a catchphrase. Maybe we should start every episode with saying, this is between five and ten. <laughs> ten and twenty. <laughs> what are we doing? Ranking the episode before we start. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> nice. How are you boys? Are you all well? Ross, are you there? Hello. There he is. There. Yeah, I'm How doing well, mate. Henry? Yeah, I'm lovely, man. Yeah, good. Ross? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Great. Just wanted to check in, <laughs> see how you're doing. Well, today we are joined by the wonderful Shauna Azaria, who, uh, is that how you say it? No. Is it Azariah? Azariah. Oh, yeah. close. You got it wrong. Should have practiced. Should have practiced. I went for it, though. I was you, uh, I Did you practice it as much as Henry practiced Abby's <laughs> surname is the question. <laughs> Clearly not. Soganile. <laughs> yeah. no, I thought it was Soganile is what she said, though. Wasn't it? Oh, mate. We're going to have to really go back. We're going to have to go back. I'm going to insert a clip of her pronouncing it here. Yeah, awesome. But uh, I had the privilege of meeting Shauna probably two weeks into starting church in her group and I've been in it ever since. I am the longest standing member in Cephas and Shauna's group. And I am. Have you got a little plaque for that? Like a little medal. (laughs) Established 2017. I've seen six years of group chats for that group on WhatsApp. I'm pretty proud of that i think they delete it every year so i can't go back and find it but uh i know they're there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> so you could just be lying you could just no they're definitely exist. Oh, okay, I've, I've done the time, Henry. You've done the time. <laughs> i remember there was one year where it was mostly married couples and i was quite a uh, stuck out like a sore thumb in that group but there oh. you go I, I owned it you stuck with it hey and now we're here now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Shauna, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for asking me. That's, That's a fine. real privilege. Mm. It's a privilege to yeah. have you. It certainly is. Mm. But <laughs> we will get right into it. Mm. Oh, the uh, game that Shauna has been clever and she's listened to a few of the episodes. <laughs> she's the cheated. Yeah. So she's, she's it's called doing your homework. That's doing your homework. Yeah. Exactly. So she's aware of the game 60 seconds that we play. She's mm. not aware of how we, the, the way we've changed the first, first 60 seconds yet though because we haven't released one that has that change yet. But uh, are you aware of how 60 seconds worked? Yes, I am. Great. So for the listeners, in case you haven't listened before, um, Shauna will have 60 seconds to talk about a topic that we give her um, and then we will score her. She'll do it twice. The second one being one provided by a previous podcast guest. Um, and uh, oh. oh, that's the twist. Mm. I don't it's know. Always, what this that is twist this has time. always been the case. Yeah. The new mm. twist is slightly different because the new twist you could have therefore rehearsed if you knew the twist, but you don't. So it's okay. <laughs> and we're going to re- keep this twist so unrevealed. Have time <laughs> ready to go somewhere. Yeah, let me get it on real quick. Okay. Okay, the timer just I'm just going to leave them in silence phone. instead. That's quite fun. <laughs> it right. crashed today. The timer is, is up and running. Okay. In business. Shauna, you have 60 seconds to tell us about you. About me? Great. Hi, I'm Shauna. Uh, I just turned 30 last week, so I hit a milestone of a birthday. Um, I like cats <laughs> i love reading i enjoy coffee i like baking baking's my speciality baker a variety of things i love traveling uh, visiting new places 
one of my goals was to get to 30 countries before I turned 30. I just hit 29, so I'm going to extend it into the year of being 30 because mm. I think that's allowed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I what else, what else can I tell you about me? Quite like going to the gym of an evening, doing some classes. Love spending time with my family and friends, chatting. Um Yes, we hit, hit 60 seconds left. It's <laughs> quite there. hard to talk about yourself. Oh, um, yeah, it's over. Okay, great. Oh, it's over. It's, it's over. over. Oh, seems to, 60 seconds is definitely starting to feel longer every it is, time yeah, we do it. <laughs> time just passes slower when we do 60 seconds. I thought she was on track for like easily hitting it and, yeah. Yeah, and then it just tailed off and it, there was a long pause. Yeah. Go on, Ross, what are you ranking it? Oh, it was. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. I think that's probably one of the best ones we've had so far. Mm. Um, but then you did say, "Are we over?" So I think that deserves some negative points. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I think seven. You know what, Ross? Seven. For the first time, I think we're in agreement. I'm we're in agreement. Seven, too. seven. Yeah. Gosh, can we that. just mark this moment down in the calendar? <laughs> <laughs> Big moment. <laughs> yeah, I've got to agree. There's a few bits I'm going to deduct points for not reaching the sixty seconds. Okay. Mm. There's also a few things that I reckon you could have talked about for a while, like your job or something like that. Sure. That's quite a big thing you could have sure. mentioned. But I thought the things you did mention were amazing. Thank so you. So seven is. But you're thinking seven as well? Yeah, yeah. Wow. If you don't go seven, Joel, then well, you're fired. I'm just going to get four houses. I, I actually got really yeah. emotionally upset by the fact that you told me you had this goal and you didn't achieve it. Oh. Um, reaching 30. And I just, I feel like it's just... You changed the rules, but I feel like I'm gonna have to give six just so that. My mind's blown. So you deducting <laughs> points because you felt emotion from that answer. Yeah, I was just like, oh, no, no, wait, you got thirty. She went, no, I got twenty nine. I was like, that's crushing. I was like, <laughs> how, how did that work? How is that deserving a negative point? One of the topics we're going to talk about this episode is how do you achieve your goals? She's not managed it. The truth is, she's changed her goals. I will hit it in January. I am going to a new country in January. So I think that's a seven then, Joe. If I could give 6.5, I would, but I can't. Surround up seven. No, you've done that for me. I'm going to go for six. All right. Where it's you the going? practice one anyway. Six six point, six point point Croatia, hopefully. Croatia. Oh, nice. wow. Very nice. Very nice. Good Lovely stuff. Strong. How'd you feel? Yeah. Ready for the real one? That yeah. was the practice, really. <laughs> okay. Stress is The rising. previous <laughs> guest that chose this, when we told them it was you coming on, thought you'd, you'd nail this quite easily. Okay. They were right. a little bit upset that... You were next. So, <laughs> so, so no they chose a nice topic. Yeah. Because <laughs> they uh, did not have as much fun with their topic. Certainly not. <laughs> that was true. But do we have the time already? It is coming again. I should have just kept it open, to be that honest. That would have been a good time. It is back. Okay. Time has returned. Shauna, you have 60 seconds to talk about the history of candles. The history of candles. Well, candles have been a light source for centuries. Uh, all over the world and you know obviously we've got electricity today but most households still hold candles um so back when they were uh, made and created it was to be a light source so there'd be like candles in every room and at, when you would go to bed at night you'd have to go through each room and extinguish each candle um and they used to be the the, the tall thin candles that go into the candelabras um 
but the the use of candles has changed quite a lot um, throughout times. As electricity came in, we've got lights, we've got lamps, we've got fairy lights. So candles isn't really about light anymore. It's more about smell and comfort and looking pretty um, <laughs> in your house. And candles are a great gift for birthdays, Christmases, visiting some of a new home. Um, I would say pretty much every household in the UK will have candles. That's time. Wow. Nice. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm in conflicts with this because if the topic was candles, I'd say 10 out of 10, maybe nine out of 10. Oh, but the topic was the history of candles. Mm. So that's where I'm like, although the presentation was arguably perfect, was it about the history or the use of candles? But I suppose you could say them the same. So I'm going to give it a nine. Wow. Respect. Mm, okay. You know what? Hold, hold on, let me write this. Go <laughs> I'm going to deliver my second 10. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Are you serious? I was actually thinking, I came away from that, right? Not only did you, you, <laughs> you took us on a journey through history about sure. candles, which is what it was all about. Yeah. Right? So you hear that quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then, yeah, I agree, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? And you're right. You presented it very well. Thank you. Very clear. Thank you. Very concise. Yeah. It's, and you talk about like smells and comfort. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm changing my response. I think it was a 10 as well. Mm. Wow. I, I think you did cover the history of candles. My brain got you, confused. You totally yeah. did. And you even mentioned lighting. Oh, come on. Smell, yeah. Cup yeah. gifts. Oh. As a 10. Are we going to get our first yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That was incredible. That, that's the first topic that I thought if it was given to me, I would have nothing to say. About. Yeah, right. That, I generally thought that was that was almost too hard. You for could me have spoken about yeah, pottery. We, we did was, ask them to change it. Yeah, we thought like, have you got any other ideas? <laughs> we thought but that hard. was yeah, yeah. The fact you talked for a whole sixty seconds about the history of candles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you didn't rush. I can't fault it. A ten. Unbelievable. Oh Look at Joel. He's gonna, Joel's going to give it a nine now. Just do, 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 do. Mate, that, That's my first 10 as well. This feels like Strictly Come Dancing. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get our first Are we going to get to the first season? Oh, no. He's not going to do it. He's no. not. No. He's going to go two. <laughs> no, it, it put his way. It is a nine for me. Oh, and I'm going to explain man. why. Oh. It's solely because there is my only level of perfection that is beyond it. And I feel like Shauna would, partially, Shauna working with people in the job that she does um, would say, it's like, there are a few ums, a couple of ahs, not many. Mm, Can I just ask, one. have other people got this level of criticism? We're scraping the barrel a bit here, Joe. Yeah, Joe, hey, I, Joe, I think you're just trying to stop the 40. Fine. That's absolutely fine, but I'm just like I am like I believe there's a level of perfection beyond. And if, if we if we go for a 40, then I'm just stuck. Okay, you know? sure. Question, like, I'm just not ready to give it. If I to ask you I'm not emotionally there. So you're saying it's ready, it, it deserves a 40, but out of potential content for the podcast, you're gonna get a You're being influenced by everyone else here. That's for good. marketing purposes, I'm not no, going to give it a 10. I, I thought nine from the start. I actually thought most of you would give it a nine. I didn't think we'd all just go straight in for tens. I thought ten was okay, just Joel, like what could obscene she have, value. What could like, she have done better, better outside of ums and ours, which I don't think anyone is not going to do? Preach it, sister. Well, it's the thing. I, I just <laughs> No, no. Answer it. The content is <laughs> on <laughs> so, you, but you, you know what? Your opinion is yours. And you know, I, I, I've been on the receiving end of everyone criticising me in the past. <laughs> so nice. You gave a 10 you. for nothing last week. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> oh. You do you, hon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Didn't you give a ten when oh. we all gave like three? I'm gonna get yeah, hurt for giving it a nine, but I'm gonna yeah. stick with it because I'm Regardless. also gonna get hurt for not sticking to my guns. So I'm stuck now. I'm I sorry think you should nine, make it you a got, turn. I, yeah, I, I think just think a pretty there's good a score. Tiny step. I mean, regardless, score. 39 is going to be pretty tough to beat. <laughs> That's so true. Man, C first, come on, that. you can get 40. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> to give you the current leaderboards, your your 39 is top. Uh, then the next one is Pottery, which got 28. So there's a full <laughs> 11, 11 And I think Pottery was scored quite high by some Pottery people. Pottery was scored heavily by one area. King Charles got the same score. Uh, then Ikea got 24. Interstellar Travel got 23. And German Engineering got 7. So oh. you're you're right at the other end of the spectrum. There's a whole range. Yeah, 7? Yeah. Yeah, yes. it was pretty hard. Was harsh. that the one? It did not go well for them. It was, it was the one you missed. It was, but it was not strong. pretty brutal. Wow. Did you? How did you add the extra score? Was that an average? Yeah. Yes. So we divided it by three and times it by four. That's cruel. It was. Hey? It yeah. was brutal. That must have been cruel. I want to yeah. know. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me on like three weeks in a row, I've given like a ten, <laughs> one ten. <laughs> I either love it or hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Henry wow. is a... No yeah, you need to get some I control get some in your scores, mate. Maybe this was the anomaly that I was talking about in the day till last time where Henry just normally scores opposite. This <laughs> yeah. time he scored with us, which doesn't make sense. No, the score I give true. just depends on my mood, really. <laughs> yeah, did, did they provide good food? I'm like a light switch. I, mean, I love it or I hate it. There's no in between. It's just, there's no dinner in there. <laughs> oh, Brutal. Awesome. Wow. So good. Well, uh... As we said earlier, thank you so much for coming on. Um, 60 seconds off is just a good bit of fun, but uh, well done for being prepped. That was very impressive, was I have to admit. I'm still a little bit shook uh, by how good that was. <laughs> but still couldn't get 10. No. Um, I'm going to hold on. You deserve the 10. I just can't believe how much lashback I'm getting from this. I'm not ready to go into the outside world anymore. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I thought, um, for those of you that might not know, uh, listening, uh, Shauna is a member of our church and she did uh, a few years ago a thing that we did called Spheres, which kind of, uh, what did it, it kind of went into different people's uh, work spheres and different worlds that they influenced and let them come up and talk about what they did. And you sent it to us and we thought it was really cool. So I thought it'd be really cool for you to actually just kind of explain a bit about what you do for work um, and how, like, how it all came to be. Yeah. So I'm a senior event producer in the events industry in the UK. Um, I have always wanted to work in the events industry from probably about 14, 15. Had it really strong in my mind that this is the industry I wanted to work in. And so sought out loads of opportunities, um, a lot with our church, um, putting on events and um, helping quite large scale events as well, like at Wembley Arena and the O2 Arena. So got lots of exposure um, and even though I wanted to work in the events industry, I decided to do my degree in Italian and history because also I love academics and studying and traveling. And so whilst doing that, I kept on my, kept my hand in the events world, putting on different things. Um, and then after uni, I did a postgrad in event management and marketing, which led to an internship with an agency in London. And I'm quite ambitious and driven, um, so I was there as an intern at this company and within 18 months I'd got um, three promotions and became a producer. So I worked my way up from intern to a production assistant, project coordinator and producer. 
Um, so rise quite quickly through the ranks um, of the company. And I've actually just landed. Um, since then, I've been in a couple of other agencies, gaining lots of like exposure with massive projects. Um, I work with kind of big corporate companies, um, some quite big names. An event I did in the summer, I had uh, the CEO of Microsoft as one of my speakers. So I'm getting quite a lot of um, exposure to some very interesting people. Um, and then I've just got another promotion and moved to a new agency. So one of my goals, Joel, was to be in a senior position before 30. And I am. So I'm now one of the, the senior nice. senior producers in this um, in the uh, agency, the leading agency in the UK at the moment. Um, so yeah, so achieve that two months before my 30th. Hey, but those are the ones that, you know, we're really looking to dig into today anyway. So it doesn't matter if you're going to hit the other one in January anyway. I'm not actually <laughs> attached. <laughs> no, but that's so cool. I think it's, um, it's awesome. How do you, um, I was going to ask, what were the key, I guess, factors in your mind of giving you that, like helping you achieve that ambition that you had? Mm. Like, how do you go from sitting, doing history and what was it law did you know italian italian, italian sorry. Joel. <laughs> just trying to remember um <laughs> <laughs> how do you soon? go from studying that to being where you are in what was it 10 years like is that roughly Ooh, maybe maybe nine maybe when nine, finish maybe uni? nine yeah. years how, eight years how do you because how do you ensure you did that what factors kind of do you think led to that yeah um i'm quite ambitious and goal orientated so I quite like to have something that I'm working towards um and then once I've got that thing that I'm working towards I always set out to achieve it um and so super determined I love learning and absorbing so I always place myself in positions that I can learn from other people get exposure um early on in my kind of career I positioned myself around some great producers that I was working with and freelancers and learning from them learning the good things and also learning what I didn't want to become as a producer in my career too which was just as equally as valuable as learning how to do things well um so I just I think I'm a very determined individual um mm. I think I have a streak of stubbornness in me as well um <laughs> and I think I just channel channel that into kind of what I want to achieve um whether that be in work or personal or social I remember a friend of mine actually at um I met her at uni she's one of my very good friends and she said that when we first met and I found out we were in the same halls and she was a Christian as well and I said oh I'm going to this church um next Sunday do you want to come and see it with me and apparently I, te I constantly text her and kind of like broke in and made that friendship, <laughs> um, which she's very grateful for. But I think it was just one of those, one of my things I'd prayed for before going to uni was to have Christian friends, at least one Christian friend to do the journey with me. And I kind of found this this girl um, in the first week. And so I was like, no, this is, this is the one that God's put in my path. And we're still the best of friends today as well. So cool. So awesome. Um, one of the biggest... Uh, things i guess because i have the privilege of working in the events industry a lot as well is it's a very high pressured environment mm. especially when events are done live as opposed to in a pre-recorded environment how do you stay true to who you are when the pressures and the stresses of 
many other people like land on your plate? Yeah, great question. I think they did a survey a few years ago about what's the most um, high pressured stressful jobs. And I think you've got um, pilots and air traffic controllers top or maybe might be medical above that mm, mm. but event professional is the third okay um yeah i think it's all about how you manage stress and i think those kind of environments are not built for everybody um because it's how being put in a stressful environment how do you how do you react to that and some people can react well and some people don't and I think I've always, I feel like I react well under stress. I think mentally I deal with stress quite well. Um, sometimes to the point where my body then starts to tell me, oh, you're actually stressed. And you're like, oh, you've been running too hard for too long and you <laughs> need to recalibrate. Um, there's a, a metaphor saying, I don't know, but it's called like the swan effect or swanning. So a swan just looks so beautiful gliding across the water and is peaceful but actually under the water a swan's legs are, are doing this <laughs> which i know you can't see when you listen to a podcast but they move really fast yeah. um and as i feel like i i'm in swan mode when i'm producing on site um so how do i manage that i, I think it's all about me being prepared and a lot of things are out of control in live situations so I like to go into them being as prepared as I can be so then I can respond as well as I can to things that are going to turn up, which um, the curveballs that come because they do come thick and fast <laughs> and it's how you respond and it's how you carry yourself as well in that because you have a lot of stressful people around you, a lot of people under pressure um, and it's how you then support them to reach an ultimate goal. So a piece of kit breaks just as the show started for example that technician is under so much pressure because they're trying to fix it and it's how you then manage that environment around them to let them do what they need to do because I've no idea how to fix it <laughs> but I can create a space where they can focus and and get on and do it and come up with plans b c and d if we're not going to find the fix that we need before we need that piece um so I think it's constant problem solving and I think there's nothing that you can't come up with a solution for. It will look, it could look different. It may not be the desired outcome, but there's always a solution. And I think working, surrounding yourself with the right people and the right team really helps that as well. Mm. Super cool. Did you boys have any questions? No, not on, on that subject. I mean, I, I was, there was something that I could segue into, but I'm, yeah, That's okay. you can go. Um, Go on, did you have one? I was just no, I was just gonna add on, but it's That's fine. You've already I was gonna in your spheres um thing you did, you quoted uh and it was a verse or two from Colossians. Do you remember which ones it was? Because I cannot remember the number. <laughs> it, I, it was blurry on the video and I couldn't note it down. <laughs> yes, I do remember. Um, um yeah, two verses that I kind of take with me as um comfort wisdom for for work and the first one is in colossians 3 verse 20 which says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the lord and not human masters mm -hmm. so even though i have a i'm employed by a company and i have a boss and i have clients and i have all these stakeholders that i'm 
responsible to ultimately what I get to do in my work I'm honoring God through it um even in in a corporate setting and I think that's something I learned quite early on um in my career that I didn't need to be putting on events for a church to be able to honor God with the skill set he'd given me and I think that was a a big journey of learning that organization was a gift that he'd given me because it's not something that everyone can do and I didn't think it I didn't see it as a as a gift from God I didn't see it as a blessing or or yeah what he what he a, a character trait of God that he'd put into me and I think once I learned that felt really special that God had put that part of him in me and then how I could use that I didn't just have to use that serving in a church capacity which is what I did when I was volunteering all throughout uni but actually I could make a difference in this massive industry where God needs people in that industry where you know working on behalf of him um because it's a really interesting like you said Joel the high pressure environment there can be a very work hard play hard culture in the events industry there's a lot of travel um abroad and then with traveling abroad you're staying in you know you're there to work so at the end of your day you don't have your washing to do to go back and do <laughs> you know your friends to see or your normal life and so you're working quite long hours i could be working up to 14 15 hour days um on site and people tend to drink quite a lot to relax, to unwind. And the, yeah, so a lot of people drink a lot in the events industry when they're away and on site. And I do love a gin and tonic. Um, <laughs> don't get me yeah, wrong. Lovely gin cabinet behind you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm reaching over subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's a way that I conduct myself um, in a work environment that people notice is different. So I won't go out and get drunk when I'm on site because that's just not who I am as an individual. I wouldn't want to go out and get drunk anywhere. Um, and people notice that's really different. They might notice me having one drink or going to bed early or saying I need to go off and prepare for the next day. And a lot of people at first, when I'm in new companies, they try to encourage me otherwise. Mm. But that's just not who I am. And I know, like, I'm there to work and I'm there to represent God as well <laughs> and I want people to see that I'm different not just because I go to church on a Sunday and tell them about it on Monday but through everything that I'm doing how I'm conducting myself on like in terms of like going out drinking or how I manage relationships with clients or um yeah how I manage under stress and don't turn and shout at people I just yeah that's my sphere to shine God's light and and show, you know, show people a little bit of who He is. Right. Yeah. So cool. Maybe more open to everyone mm. on that because um, I think part of what you said there about sticking to your identity is about almost saying no when someone's asking you to do something that's not mm. agree doesn't agree with that. Yeah. So for everyone, how do you say no? Actually, you know what? I was actually going to probably ask you that because I'm I'm in a very similar situation when I was, yeah, now I've left sales, but being mm. in sales for the last 18 months, right? Yeah, very work hard, play hard. Yeah. A lot of drinking. I mean, I went out to Vegas and people were going out drinking, right? 
like, I held off most of the time. I did crack, I think, on the final night. I was like, oh. But I didn't drink an excessive amount. Didn't get drunk. <laughs> Why do I have to justify myself? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I suppose I'm curious. How How do you... Uh, I know you wanted to open for a group. I'm really curious, right? Like, how did you uh, stay firm to... Uh, to who you are not take on that judgment of your peers right mm. and be forced or compelled to be able to to go out on drinking with them and stuff like that mm. how do you how do you, yeah how did you overcome that i suppose mm. i think it's a decision a conscious decision i made because right. it's okay let's take yeah, let's take drinking yeah, sure. yeah as the thing in a social situation with friends I would have two, three drinks and that's me. And that's just who I am. And also that is a conscience, conscious decision I make. Mm. So then I take that into the workplace as well because why would why would I be dif- a different Shauna right. in a different situation? Um, so I think, to be honest, I think it's quite easy for me but, but because that's who I am. And I know that, you know, yes, I know I need to socialize with clients or a boss or whatever, but I know that's not how I get my validation or how I get my next promotion or how I get seen in the company. That's that's a very, in my opinion, a very worldly or non-Christian uh, potential route. Wow. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I've got gold on my side. <laughs> and so the reason I got promoted three times to be a producer in 18 months was because of I believe because of God in me and my hard work and determination sure I didn't you know play hard as well which some people might think that is the route to promotion that is the route to being seen by the right people but actually if you're an employer what do you want from your employees good people that you can trust that are reliable Yes, that can, you know, can have fun, but I'm not there in a workspace to find my best friends Mm. and I want to do well and I want to do a great job and I take a lot of pride in, in my work ethic. And that's what I think gains the trust of other people. And I think that's what gets me the the next, it's not all about promotion, but that's what gets me more opportunities or open doors. So I feel quite confident in I just need to be me and un- unapologetically me. Like yeah. I'm very quiet as an individual. <laughs> um, I'm introverted. I'm, you know, I'm not the loudest person in, in a social setting or in a meeting. And I don't change that. It probably takes me a bit longer f- to gain someone's trust because I've not kind of butted in in a conversation and given all of these ideas, but actually I've been quite thoughtful and reserved. And then uh, some feedback that people have given me is like, actually they want to hear from me. So they make a beeline for what I to hear. They want to hear what I've got to say. Um, yeah. I don't know if that helps answer. Yeah, no, That's just does. my experience. Yeah. Um, I love how you said unapolog- unapologetically you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Damn right. You know, that's, yeah. uh, that's such a good attitude to have. <laughs> I really like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love that one, one idea I got from that, and you, I think you touched on that slightly. I think what, what helps with, with that is just being so strong and firm in your identity and mm-hmm. who you are. 
that kind of helps with saying no as well. If if you're not as strong in your identity, then you tend to, you know, crack and roll over just as soon as the opportunity arises. Yeah. But if you know who you are and you're firm in that, then you you're way more likely to stick to your morals and and what you value as well. Mm. It's like what what's what's your boundary line? What's your no? Mm. What's your yes? Exactly. Yes. And and thinking about that ahead of time mm. whether you're talking about alcohol mm. whether you're talking about intimacy and relationships whether you're talking about shopping yeah. and whether you use a credit card or not like what is have you thought about that for yourself so you know what your boundary mark is mm. and then that's your line in the sand yeah. mm. that's your yes that's your no and i i, I th- and then i think when you've made that decision for yourself like sticking to it and being quite strong I suppose maybe that's the stubbornness determination I've got in me but once I've like made that decision and yeah I went through uni working out what like three three alcoholic drinks was like for me or four alcoholic drinks was like (laughs) or five you know and and you 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 play with your boundaries and work it out but yeah I'm so I feel I yeah go ahead Ross no it was more (laughs) I think a lot of people like they'll see like the prospect of finding their boundaries and sticking to them is and especially sticking to them quite difficult um and you know a, a lot of people at our age will go oh i'm gonna set myself you know the classic thing i'm gonna go to the gym three times four times a week right i'm gonna go four times i'm gonna go every day at 7 p.m and i'm not and i'm gonna get in shape and i think we can all probably most of us agree that we've said that hundreds of times in our lives and probably done it once or twice if not at all um and i suppose like for like what we're saying about boundaries and whether that's alcohol or your identity is basically what we're getting at. What would you say? Cause you're quite motivated, motivated, maybe the right word or determined. Yeah, yeah. Some people who aren't as determined, what advice would you give them like to try and make them more determined? Cause for it's not everyone can just go, I'm going to paint that wall and do it. Like they, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like I think, yeah. and how do you, how do you like almost stick to those habits or make break not break make those habits if that makes sense yeah well why firstly why are you making a ha- this habit mm. what's the reason behind it like do you actually believe in it yeah, yeah. You, mm. like going to the gym four times a week as a f- from cold turkey no gym that's a huge mm. that's a huge thing so that's unrealistic so i think you've taking it back like what's the purpose behind this goal this ambition this boundary mm. Mm. And what's your thoughts on it? Your, your, why, why are you making this decision? Is it because, oh, just because I should get healthy, I should exercise? Like, if you're wishy-washy, you're not going to go anywhere. Like, But mm. if you have a, a conviction on something and a decision, that's like one stake in the ground. Yeah. And then the next one is trying to put steps in that are realistic and manageable and building it up. So instead of four times a week, it's one once a week mm-hmm. for a month. And then you go twice a week or, you know, p- putting it in an environment that works for you. So not doing it at 6am if you're not a morning person, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, so I think once you've got that, that's manageable for you. That's kind of like another stake. And then accountability, I think is huge. Like whatever the goal or ambition is, is sharing it with someone that you trust who can help you <laughs> check in on you, make sure that you're, you're, are you working yeah, on yeah, it? Yeah. But then someone you can go to be like, oh, 
couldn't do the gym this week and but and it's someone you trust so they're not gonna think badly of you they're Mm. not gonna um talk negative things over you they're just gonna encourage you Mm. so i'd say maybe those those three things i remember um when i was at school we had to all do gtcp it was mandatory it was great fun um (laughs) and something they taught us which i've forgotten up until this very moment was with fitness plans about similar things like you know how do you measure it? Like, what's the goal? And it's called like smart or something like that, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. And like, now I've gone back to my brain's gone, oh, only if you'd been wise enough back then to go, I could apply that to life <laughs> <laughs> and look where we'd be now. <laughs> but no, it's, um, it's really interesting because I was thinking in the back of my mind when you were saying that, oh, and it's great if you can be accountable. And it's like, oh, you can't always be accountable, but it's like, you can find a way to be accountable to something. It just might be uncomfortable at first. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people making that step to, with that person or, or people to go, you know, in the example of this, guys, I really need to go to the gym once a week and then every week they bully you about it if you don't go, but not in like a way that's, you know, not like I'm taking away your pocket money, but yeah, I think yeah. that's really healthy as mm. much as you might hate the idea at first. <laughs> Henry's loving this. Yeah, I love Do we need to bully you, Henry? <laughs> yeah, if I don't go to the gym, someone's going to nab my, my lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> no! How am I going to buy my McFlurry after the I'm gym? I'm buy my milkshake. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, oh so funny. Uh, yeah, go on, mate. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, reluctantly. You have permission to speak. <laughs> I appreciate being allowed to speak. No, I think um, I've got two questions on my head and I'm just trying to pick. I'm going to end up asking both. Uh, I'm just picking the best order for them. I'm going to take a tiny tangent just because it's most related to the topic I guess we have been speaking on. And then mm. I've got a question that more links to what you've just been talking about that will nicely segues into what's to come um but i guess on the um identity and all that one of the things i love about yourself and also cephas your husband um is that knowing both of you the only way i could ever describe either of you is as yourself like i just (laughs) like i'm like cephas is this whole character that continues (laughs) uh, even after six years of knowing him to baffle me in many ways as to how he interacts with just the world and how he sees it. He's a very naturally creative person and it's really quite special. But as well as yourself, you're very driven and very motivated and you both strive after these arguably quite massive goals that don't naturally maybe align with each other in that you're often travelling. And I know, especially this year, you guys were talking about the fact that you barely spent a day in the house together for like six weeks or something I think it was because of their way like just time aligned how do you guys cultivate a relationship within that to allow space for you both to so wholeheartedly go after your own goals as well as going after goals together Mm, yeah great question I think Cephas is my biggest cheerleader and I'm his biggest cheerleader and I think neither of us could do what we're doing and have our big dreams and ambitions without the support of one another. And I think that's a really strong element of our marriage. And so, yes, we're super ambitious and we dream big and we encourage that in each other and we back each other as well. And so, yeah, having the, you know, we're not in exactly the same industries at all. Um, like you said, I'll, I'll, I travel quite a lot and Cephas has started traveling as well quite a lot too. Um, and they don't, 
they don't line up nicely. Uh, you have crossovers, um, you've got to be organized, but we both believe in each other and we're both behind each other's dreams. And that's what enables you to, to do that. Like, yeah. And we actually spend, um, every year, um, in between Christmas and New Year, we take some time out to, we go for coffee somewhere and we look at our goals for the year. So we review our goals from the year before that we set. So we might set, um, personal ones, professional ones, spiritual ones, health ones, marriage ones, life ones, whatever. Like we've got a couple of categories and we don't go crazy and we've got like 50 things we need to achieve. We're quite thoughtful and prayerful about them. And so we sit down and look at what we'd set a year before. And a lot of the time we have achieved most of them and we write them down. It's not like we've gone back to this book every week and had a look, oh, how are we on track? I think there's a there's a verse in the Bible, I can't, I'm not too sure where it is, but it talks about vision and having a vision, writing it down and making it plain. And that's a verse I quite relate to. So kind of being f- prayerful and thoughtful in what our goals, ambitions are, writing them down and then we pray about them. And then we're behind each other. And so we've like written some big dreams and goals down before like being able to own a house um and various things and yeah god's come through in them and i think it's Mm. it's a partnership um of my cephas myself and god as well kind of doing this journey together so yeah why can't we both dream big and (laughs) no for for sure i just think it's so often i mean i even see people who are single like where you're like they're almost carbon copies of different people like I can go oh you're just like this other person I know or just like that and I'm like for both of you I can't can't see that and you're just like to have that and harness that together Mm. is just really inspiring it's like oh it's definitely possible it's not just like one of us is going to end up being the stay-at-home person which kind of goes you go do everything you dream of and I'll just (laughs) sit here and look after the kids and sacrifice Um, yeah yeah, I'll just I'll let them dream big. It's like you both can achieve that. And that's really yeah. cool. But you guys were talking about habits and with the gym and all that. And I think one of the things I found, cause I've recently managed to really get going with the gym is that it's almost not a habit. It's almost actually, I think the thing that clicked with me to make manage to get to the gym every week was having a plan for like an action of like, I got a PT like three weeks after I'd managed to go for three times a week. And it was the best thing I did mm. because literally the next week before I then started my PT sessions, I stopped going because I was just like, oh, I've got nothing to do. I don't know what I'm going to mm. do at the gym. And then it's because he's made me a plan that means I have to go three times <laughs> a week. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter when I go because especially in the events industry, there's never a perfect day. It's always something comes up, something changes or like just there's never nine to five Monday to Friday, sadly. Nope, nope not at all. Um, that means like today, for example, I, I looked at going to the gym, but it was by the time I'd managed to get around to thinking about it, it's like 3 p.m., which means the gym's going to be massively busy. And then by the time we finish this evening, it'll be quite late. Mm. And so I looked at my schedule and went, it's all right, I can do it Thursday and Saturday and it'll be fine. And so it's been very um, kind of fluent in that I've managed to shift it. And I guess the biggest thing... Um, or the biggest thing that some people use as a habit, habit, some people use as more like just they want to get in their life as much as possible is their relationship with God. And the uh, regular like reading of the Bible or praying or all those things, and I guess maybe open to the floor, but also specifically to Shauna in the world of events when it's 
hectically busy and crazy and you barely have time to sleep, let alone do anything else, how do you fit in and find the time to spend time with God? And then how do you do that? How do you spend time with God? Yeah, sure. You know, actually, I know you, I want to hear your, Shauna's answer for this. But I, that's something I've been working on a lot recently too. Obviously, I've been going to a gym as well. And for me, I'm making a rule every single day where I'm doing 15 minutes physical, 15 minutes mental, and 15 minutes spiritual. And that's a minimum, right? So I usually spend like an hour in the gym, right? But it, by keeping myself to that... <laughs> I'm spending an hour doing the spiritual stuff. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's true. But I I see it as like, you know, actually, I I came to this realization last week, right? I had, I have a Friday's free and uh, I had in the morning, I spent 30 minutes uh, doing spiritual stuff. I did an hour of counseling and like an hour in the gym. I felt incredible. Mm. I was like, wow, I should live by that. And so now I'm really making an effort even though it's just 15 minutes a day of hitting each one of those. And I feel like I couldn't do anything more to better myself if I, as long as I do those 15 minutes each day on each one of those things. And by mental, by the way, I'm talking about just even sitting down reading a book because I'm just awful and not very disciplined at that. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. I'm curious, well, how do you do that? What, mm. do, you have, do you have any rules you keep to yourself or is it just part of your identity? And just, I'm curious. I don't mean in any sort of slating way when I say that. No, so, no. But like, yeah. It's a good question because I, I don't have that down. I right. don't like, I go through stages where I'm great at spending time with God regularly intentionally and then I have other periods probably longer periods where I'm absolutely rubbish at it and I think for me this is always a a bit of a dance and a bit of a what does that I think Joe a bit of what you said you know no day or week looks the same in the events industry and where you can be um so I try different things and my thing at the moment is listening to a daily devotion on an app um, and it has a, a different devotion for each day and it's got one in the morning and one in the evening. And so that's been the thing I've trying to be focused on is wake up in the morning, try not to reach for my phone to scroll through anything, yeah. <laughs> uh, but reach for my phone and put my headphones in and and Definitely. listen to the app. Um, and that's been really good for me. I've gone through great times where I've been able to exercise every morning as well and do my devotional and then sit in my laptop before 9am. Um, Result. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's, it's something I continually have to work on and continually have to assess and keep myself in check with. Um, Mm. Like I don't have a regular pattern for reading my Bible. Um, That if, I love re- I do love reading my Bible, but I struggle with doing something regularly or having a reading plan or, um, yeah, there's things that have worked really well for me in the past. Like, uh, the book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. And so reading a chapter a day in a month that has worked for me great for some months and then some months it doesn't. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think, I, I do pray a lot, maybe not necessarily sat down quietly on my own, but on the go, driving, on the train. So I like to think that I know I've got the Holy Spirit with me wherever I go every day, and it's making sure I just acknowledge 
Holy Spirit, acknowledge God in things because there might be stuff that comes up in my day that I need help with. <laughs> and then I don't want to feel like, oh, okay, sorry, God, because I didn't spend an hour with you this morning checking in how you are, what you want to say to me. I can't approach you with this. So yeah, I think it's 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 a part of my walk with God that I'm constantly working on, as I said. But I like having the like we've got so much freedom with God, don't we? We've got a constant open dialogue 24 hours a day. And I've over the past few years I've really looked at what that looks like my relationship with God and you know how do I walk with him and do life with him that doesn't necessarily have to be the set out moments to to read my bible to sit and pray to worship all which are very good and super important as well um yeah i think for some people that can work having it set out for yeah. sure but in my experience and a lot of other people like it can be discouraging if you were to like i'm gonna read the bible between 10 10 30 every day you know if you miss it it's going to be discouraging isn't it so in a way it's kind of good that sometimes it's flexible like that because you can put it in whenever it fits right mm. and i think it's seasonal too yeah as well like with what you've got going on so henry you said you have fridays off that sounds yeah. epic like <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> tell me what that's like yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> but do you know we all go through like different like I think we've all done uni here, most of us. You know, like you, you do like uni years and oh, that kind of routine that you have is, oh. is quite cool and quite freeing. And then working is is different. And then like, yeah, you just go through different or you go through busy times or not so busy times. So I think, I think God has a lot of grace for us as, mm. as his children, which is wonderful. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. I remember Nate I think you raised um, a good question when we were thinking about it which um, I definitely echoed because uh, Shauna uh, for those of you that won't know her as well has this pink bible <laughs> <laughs> which I remember in one of the years of group when we were reading I think it was Ephesians uh, she'd lend to me every week because um, typical student I'd regularly forget it um, but one of the things I always had, uh, appreciated about the yeah, the uh, pink bible was that it had a heck of a lot of Shauna's notes um, <laughs> from reading through it and uh, and they were so helpful because uh, I'd regularly just raise them as my own during yeah. group. and I did, I did tell her I was doing this I didn't I didn't hide it she's, she's like this seems she's fully, she's fully aware of doing this but I remember they'd always ask a group member to do it and I genuinely got so nervous they'd ask me to do it on week I remember secret like subtly taking pictures of the, the pages of the book so I had a few helpful notes to help me through <laughs> but I was curious um, how do you like make notes when you're engaging with the Bible and um, we've got someone coming on soon that will hopefully who's a, actually a Bible scholar so we're, mm. we're looking to learn a lot about it but I wondered if you had any kind of tips about how when you do manage to get that time on reading the Bible how do you engage with it to take like take the goodness from it yeah um I think I love a pink highlighter to go with my pink Bible <laughs> um, and just, yeah, just reading a short bit of scripture, trying to read it in context as well. Um, so not just picking your favorite verse here and there to encourage you, but trying to read 
the whole chapter around it to get a full understanding. I read it twice, so I'd read it through once completely, and then I go back through it, and that's when I might highlight different things um, that stand out to me, or verses that might be like encouraging or really challenging. And then if I feel like God's saying anything further or it's prompting me and stuff, then that's when I kind of write those uh, helpful notes in, in the margin for you, <laughs> Very Joel. Very helpful. For Joel Manning. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. <laughs> <laughs> you just see, she's looking at you like, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah awesome. what I, I like what you said about the context, really, and context is so important. Mm. I've, I've got a book at home. Um, it's I can't remember the name of it. It's like a Bible dictionary or something. It claims to be the only other book you'd need besides the Bible. Um, <laughs> but what it does is it just gives you a nice summary of every book in the Bible, what it's about, the yeah. timeline, and what's going on in the history at that time as well. And it kind of guides you through the story of that book, which would help if you're reading a small part of the of the book as well, mm. which would give you the the place that it's in in time and place it in the in the story of the Bible as well. Yeah, that's great. There's the Passion Translation of the Bible yeah. that was recently published, probably what four years ago or something. Mm. That really reignited my love for the Bible, actually, mm. because it has like half a page of footnotes, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that it is a bit like what you're explaining as well, Nathan. That at the start it gives the context to who wrote this letter do we know who wrote it who were they writing it to why what was going on at the time what are the themes in the book mm. and so you kind of get that context before and then reading it like all these massive footnotes which are just so helpful sure. and yeah when I got the the passion translation I really enjoyed reading the bible again because I found it like like I said I studied history as well so mm. found it so interesting and, it, and I feel yeah, that really enriched my um, understanding of reading scripture. Yeah, I also really enjoyed the uh, Passion Translation because it it's, extends its like extends each verse slightly, like the Amplified one does. And I really enjoy that because it almost forces you a bit like like reading it twice. It almost forces you to go. I oh, know I've actually understood this. I think I do remember though re trying to read through it once while someone read like the NIV version and you're like rapidly reading a lot quicker than they're speaking to try and desperately keep up with where they're getting to. Um, but just in case anyone doesn't know what footnotes are, um, they're, they're either the bit along the bottom of if you've got a real Bible or on the version app, which a lot of people might use, they often pop up as a little like speech bubble mm. that you can click and it opens out and gives you the, the uh, footnote right where it is. But yeah, did anyone have any more questions on... Shauna's incredible Bible notes. I think it's genius that you read it twice. I don't think about that. When I go through it, I just <laughs> note it instantly when it hits me. But I'm like, that's actually such, that's so smart. Going back through it, one, helps you just completely, fully understand it again, because now mm. you've got the full context. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's really, I'm going to start incorporating that. That's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Actually, I really like that. Thank you. And I like the pink highlighter with a pink Bible too. Yeah. That cracked me up. I was like, oh, it's colour coordinated. <laughs> Any problem if you've got a black Bible, it'd be oh, difficult true. to highlight in black. Describing <laughs> 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 out text. Oh, this is great. I don't like that part. I don't agree with that, man. man. This, <laughs> this is such a good passage. Oh, I can't read it. It's just, like, oh, sent it's just like a government document <laughs> yeah. that's been censored. Just yeah, everywhere. That's right. <laughs> Classified <laughs> documents. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> now, awesome. Well, one of the things that's come up a lot as we've spoken about is uh, how you love setting goals and 
arguably achieving most of them um <laughs> bar one <laughs> pretty big one if you ask me <laughs> yeah I know, right? uh, but that's okay i'd love to know though i think especially in um career because there's just especially as a young adult there's so many people above you that have made it so far because they're in the 30s their 40s they've done it for years and it's so hard to find that balance between i really want to achieve where they're at and i want to get there as quick as i can um while also not looking so like but also being willing to do the hard work that it takes to get there mm. it's so how do you come across in a way that doesn't come across as i'm the best get out move out of the way and let me through type of thing because I think that pride can so often get in the way in those environments when you're trying to set and achieve a goal like that. Mm. I think you have to do the hard work. <laughs> you can't you can't get to the next level without doing the hard work of of where you're meant to what you're meant to be doing in that role. Um I think I think it's good to have people that you can see further down in their career and the position that they're at and um, see that as a potential goal or a target. Um, but how they've got their career path to where they're going is their unique story. And don't try and copy that um, mm. to, to get to that because you're very different to that person. Um, so I think it's good to have people to look up to as mentors and even like I have a professional work mentor kind of unofficially like this amazing producer that I just said, will you mentor me? Um, <laughs> and I keep, and I constantly keep checking in with her as well. Um, yeah, it's good to have those people around you, but not trying to, so I may sound like I'm a big planner, which I am, <laughs> but I haven't calculated every single step of the way. Um, but I've been knowing where I want to go and looking at, you know, how could I get there? And then sharing that with mentors or managers, asking for opportunities, going the extra mile. Um, you know, if you are just doing your nine to five and logging off at 4.59, um, that, that is okay to do. Those are your contracted hours. But if you want to be fast-tracked to a promotion quite quickly, that doesn't show people that you're hungry and you're willing. And um, Yeah, but also there's a balance in that and not burning out and uh, working crazy hours. Yeah, I think you've... Yeah, I can't exactly remember your question, Joel, but I hope that brought I can't even remember some it. elements <laughs> of answers. What was your question? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think everyone's different. We've talked a lot about like careers and goals and being driven and focused. And I know that I can be fairly unique in that because some people may not have super goals to, to get that next promotion. They may want to be, they may have different priorities. And I think it's weighing up kind of priorities that you may have in different seasons. And right now I, I love my career. I love working. And in the future, I want to have a family too. So that will change my priorities and things will look different and who knows what they'll look like then. And and I'm sure I'll be just as ambitious, but in different ways. But it's all about kind of where your priorities are, what, what are you valuing, where do you want to put your energy? And yeah, I think the biggest thing is don't try and copy someone else's exact path. 
step for step because mm. you you are unique. Mm, I think that's true as well. In when we were talking about setting goals, and like you know, the classic one we're going to come back to is the gym. But just to, go, man. Just that's all you got to do is go up. to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so Tomorrow. easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's like so easy just to you know you see an ambition or you see something you want to achieve and you go oh I'm not I'm not up to standard or I'm not getting there it's just go oh I'm just going to then do what Joel does instead um, I have it just as an example like when, when I play a game you have something called a sensitivity Henry will know what I'm talking about right now you two complete noobs will have no idea what we're on about I play games mm-hmm. satisfactory go away um, <laughs> oh, but, I played Battlefield but ba- in essence <laughs> like I'd have it I'm like oh I'm just not working you know I'm not just good enough it's like mm. oh I'm just going to copy what someone else did because surely they they've, yeah. they've calculated every possible <laughs> you know uh, what's it called uh, variable and this yeah. is the best setting to get that goal and it's so far from the truth. Mm, and you, you actually, when you look at like the spread of, we're talking about, how we got into talking about gaming in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, pros, the range of sensitivity they use yeah. is ridiculous, but they all have a very similar standard of aim, as you would say, mm. and, which is incredibly high, but they're all using different tools to achieve that goal. Mm. Um, and I think in, in life, when you set, I might just be repeating myself, no, you're going, but like going. Yeah. when you, when you're trying to have an, when you have an ambition, you've been like, oh, I'd really like to achieve this instead of like you say, looking at how someone else got there, think, right. How could I realistically get there? Use, I can build on what other people have done, but how can I incorporate that into my staircase yeah. to arrive at that location? Mm-hmm. And not because it's so easy just to go, I'm just gonna do it their way. But then because you're setting the same measures and the same expectations, you're, you, you're just going to fall down mm. unless you're like insanely driven and uh, motivated. Or <laughs> yeah, that's great. Do you know what I like uh, copying? If I was, if I want copying, I agree. You shouldn't follow in someone's direct footsteps, right? You have to go your own way. We're all unique. We're all in a different positions, right? But what I really love is I, I take a lot of inspiration from, and even you kind of mentioned this, right? Ethic. If I see someone working hard, then I will mm. follow in their yeah. footsteps. You know, I'm quite naturally competitive. So if someone's working, especially mm. in sales, if someone's outworking me, that, oh, no, sir, that's not happening. I'm working another hour. That's no way. And so, yeah, no, I, I like that, actually. Um, I don't, do you agree with that? Do you, do you, is it okay? Let me phrase a question. <laughs> I agree with what, Henry? <laughs> let me phrase a question. The question I'm going to phrase is: Is it is it healthy to follow in someone else's footsteps regarding work ethic? Right? Do you think? Yeah. What's your opinions on that? It depends what their work ethic is. Sure. I'd also say it depends on what you perceive it to be. Yeah. Because, for example, I remember um, one of one of my mates. Because I'm pretty heavily competitive. Um, in a lot of really, ways. yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've never seen that at all in the I've last week. That one hasn't come up. Never. I'm so calm all the time. But when we played a risk, Joel, you've never once just yeah. competitive. <laughs> anyway, I remember one of my good mates as I grew up. Um, he his mum was a math teacher, mm. and uh, so she and they were, she was pretty heavily strict in how she got them to revise and got them to practice their instruments and all the things that they did. So she was quite harsh on their natural ethic for what, like all the work that they did. Whereas my parents were quite, sorry, relaxed um, about everything they got 
me to do. But I remember one of my mates said to me at some point, he said, oh man, I did seven hours of revision yesterday. I knocked out eight hours the next day, but there was no way I was going to manage to do that every day continuously. And the chances are he played games all day the next day. I'm pretty confident. So he might have done seven hours one day, but if I went, he's doing seven hours every day, so I need to do eight to beat him. It's, I think there's a lot of perspective you almost have to have in mind of going, actually, is he really achieving that every day or is it not actually happening as much as he says seven hours, but is it seven hours of good work? (laughs) It comes down to balance, which Sean was saying, wasn't it? Yeah, it's so true. But I think it's what's motivating you. So you Mm. see a colleague putting in extra effort and that's great and that's inspirational. What's motivating you to do one better than them (laughs) (laughs) oh no is it is it just to be best in class Mm. then that's a very selfish or Mm. self i don't know selfish right yeah selfish or in or inwardly thinking ambition or is it oh look they work really hard they're getting good results and you actually care about the tasks that you're doing Mm. and the results it's Mm. producing I think motivation is huge because you can look at, you can be inspired by anybody, anybody in the world for doing whatever they do if you find that inspirational to you. And that's a good sense of encouragement, but it still comes back to what motivates you. And I think we were talking about that earlier. Mm. like, What is your motivating factor for doing this? Mm. If it's to get to be number one or to, I don't know, how long will that fulfill you? Mm. I think when you get to number one, one then what then what, yeah mm. i think it's incredibly important in in work especially but i suppose you can apply it to greater life to do something that you're motivated by you know and that can't just be like you say just to be the best and certain industries maybe but like most of the time you need something like you need to enjoy what you do to be mo- and be motivated by it otherwise you won't achieve your career goals because you'll be sat there like why do I go to work every day at nine o'clock and sit on my computer and then at 9.05 want to go back to bed and mm. watch TV and see what's happened on Bake Off today or, you know, whatever happens. And I think I think that applies to every stage of life, like figuring out what motivates you and how you can tap into that to propel you into your next stage of, you know, faith, life, career, gaming sensitivity, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you're motivated by the actual journey itself to, yeah, to be good, then you're going to hit that goal and even go further than somebody that's just motivated by the goal itself right, right. Mm. and I think as well it's really important that we kind of spoke about oh this is this is lovely we're going not around in circles but we're tying it all up mm. is that in life there's different stages right you're not always going to be active I can't remember the, the phrasing you used but you know there, there'll be times where you might not be motivated but if you recognise that and don't then get almost beat yourself up for not being motivated knowing the place of life you're in mm-hmm. as long as you can figure out how to put yourself back on that path to being where you want to be yeah. because mm. again it's back to measuring it like if you're there like I can't go to the gym four times a week here we go again but if you go I'll go once a week and then like oh it's fine because you're not going to beat beat yourself up mm. um, and with motivation it's so easy to lose sight of that and I think if you can just almost take a step back and go where am I at in my life if if I'm in on this kind of downward thing, it's like, that's fine. I just need to get back up and then I can start worrying about why I'm motivated, basically. Mm. Sure. The biggest thing I ever got learned, and it was from my counsellor, which um, we've all, maybe I think most uh, of us have been to see our can- <laughs> that same counsellor at some point. Um, but uh, 
one of the things I remember he said in, I think it must have been my first or second session when I was talking about how I could find some motivation for some things and so I couldn't find it for others or sometimes it was there, sometimes it wasn't. He went, well, the thing to understand about motivation is it's an emotion. So just like sadness or just like happiness or just like um, anger, um, it turns up sometimes and then sometimes it yeah. you won't feel it. Um, it's not controllable. Um, it is just like an emotion like any so some days you'll wake up and you'll feel massively motivated and other days you won't and that's where discipline and other things will come into if you want to achieve a goal or build a habit or like a routine or anything motivation is never going to be the key driving Mm. factor the whole way through because it takes longer than that emotion will last Mm. for you to do that but maybe the last question to properly wrap up this uh pretty awesome podcast and maybe steer us still still the motivation can still be there but it's maybe the opposite side we haven't quite picked up with goals and all these different things that we've spoken about is how do you handle the disappointment because it always there's always there's always those days and there's always those times when something doesn't go wrong and you end up on plan e or whatever it might be or (laughs) more personally when i know you you and cephas said you said you sat down every year how do you handle those times when you sit there and go oh we set that goal last year but we didn't achieve that now great question thanks um okay taking the example we had at the start of the podcast of i've only i've only visited 29 countries (laughs) by my my 30th I'm not demotivated about that. Like, because I think it's a goal that I set myself. Um, It was something that I'm ambitious for. And it was, it was okay. It's okay that I'd like, I didn't achieve it in this particular time frame, but I know I'm going to still achieve it Mm. to give you that example. I think, now you're just making me feel bad about giving you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you'll get it. Fine, you can have the 10. I'm <laughs> no, it's a nine. But I, I suppose maybe it comes back to, yeah, how do you handle disappointment when you go? You boys can weigh in too, by the yeah. way. I was just going to say, like, like, it's still the fact that you've aimed for something so massive and you've done so well with it. Like, think of how great the thing you've done is just because you've gone for something so ambitious right mm. I've, i heard like a football manager say once and my dad used to tell me this all the time but if you strive for perfection then you're almost guaranteed going to achieve greatness right mm. and but if you go for greatness then you're going to achieve slightly mm. less than that which that just reminded me of that quote because i mean it's so encouraging seeing how far you've come even if it's not as far as your the goal do you yeah. not think it's about almost looking at as well as that, sorry, I don't mean to, I sound like I was disagreeing with you. Do you, do you think as well, when you, when you look at you, let's say you set yourself a goal to visit 30 countries over this time frame that you told us earlier. <laughs> and let's say you, you know, you had it all planned and then something happened, then you couldn't go. And it's like going, well, it, you don't be disappointed because you knew you could have done it and you knew it. And if you look at the reasons why you didn't make that goal or what, or when you're going to make the goal and then it's like, oh, I've got nothing to be disappointed at. It's like you say, I'm going to, going to somewhere in January so it's fine and I think it's almost about understanding why you didn't hit the goal as well um, and then from that you can go but I did all these great things and I still achieved what I set out to do I just didn't achieve maybe in the quantity that I did and as long as it's something that 
you know you still want to build on then that you shouldn't look at it negatively because if you've done basically what you wanted to achieve you're still in the right going in the right direction mm. sorry Henry I fired you in no totally I think it's really interesting actually I think Mm. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with striving for greatness and falling short like you said yeah. right not perfection that's even better I well, love that it's almost I thought when you were talking another quote <laughs> it's like shooting for the moon and even if you don't make it you're among the stars right, yeah, right. it's like that isn't it you know I think there's nothing wrong with being ambitious you need to be ambitious right you said you're hungry mm. and I think with being ambitious I think that's a risk you're taking that there's an element of chance for failure but even failure of what, but relative to what, right? You're right. You might have made some great progress that year, right? You might have seen some great things. You might have done some incredible things, even if you didn't hit what you wanted. Like, I suppose one, I could just looking within myself, I had a goal of cutting all my fat. Right? I wanted, I wanted to strip 40 kg of weight off me this year, which was very ambitious. It, mm. it really was. Now I haven't done that. Right? And I'm okay with that because what have I done? Well, I've actually done everything in my power to achieve that. I've gone to the gym four times a week for the last 12 months. Shout out, flex to me. But what more could I have done? Right? Like genuinely, I can't be disappointed by that. Yeah. Right? It's a process. And I think there's so much. And I know one day, maybe it'll be three years, four years, I'll have achieved that and I'll look amazing, probably like Ronaldo or something. I don't know. <laughs> gosh <laughs> but yeah I don't know I think it's it's maybe it's a journey it's, it's enjoying the journey right yeah I don't know yeah I think you you will get disappointments won't you you'll be disappointed by yourself by others other people let you down and that's completely out of your control or situations or scenarios but how do you it's okay to feel disappointment just you sitting with it so I think mm. that's kind of why I struggled when you said Joel how how do you deal with it? How do you, and it's, I don't really know how to articulate that, aren't, that answer because you need to, it's a real feeling. It's a real emotional reaction to a situation and that's yeah, absolutely fine to feel. But are you then going to sit with it mm. and let it overtake you? Mm. Or are you going to deal with it, mark it down to a learning, use it yeah. as even more fuel? Like, okay, we didn't do it this year, but we're doing it next yeah. year or, um, yeah, how do you how do you acknowledge those, I suppose, negative responses or negative reactions that you might encounter when not achieving your goals? Sit with it, acknowledge it, but how how do you then how do you turn it around either as a motivator or forgiveness mm. or you know, put it to into how how do you not just sit there in a pit and never set another goal in your life? For sure. That's great. Oh, definitely. Yeah, totally true. There you go. What an awesome session. Yeah, Great fantastic. podcast. Thanks so much for uh, coming on, Sean. It's been a real Unbelievable valuable one. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having Thank me. You. Not as scary as I thought it would be. No spotlights. <laughs> yeah. what's, your, what's your expectation? <laughs> Q&A. Yeah, I'm joking, yeah, I'm joking. I've got some bad news though, Shauna. Someone can outscore you on the 60 seconds mm. thanks to a particular individual. <laughs> so, but for now... Hey, but yeah, we've allowed someone to set possible. that goal to outscore Shauna, but... Exactly, if I'm guys, honest, I'm not I disappointed. I don't no. think someone's mm. going to do it. I'd, I'd be surprised if we ever gave... I will no longer, out of principle, yeah. allow someone to... <laughs> How do you deal with the disappointment perfect. of not scoring a perfect 40? <laughs> she she laughs out and it's so That's a real question. She we really recorded the podcast in two halves, the, the game and then the... The interview after. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh.
Oh, that's great. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, as I think we said, maybe last week or maybe it's coming next week, we are now on Apple Podcasts too. So that's pretty exciting. We've managed to bring ourselves on some more platforms. I'm sure there's more to come. But uh, if you uh, if we don't see you before, we'll see you next week. If we don't see oh, you before. Yeah. You never know. That's <laughs> we'll see. Sounds like a catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Good morning. Good evening. Good night.